Welcome to this episode of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gregory. I hope you are doing well. Hope your family and friends and loved ones are all safe and sound. Please remember to take care of each other and wear your mask when you're out there, keeping everybody safe. Well, the day we recorded this, we almost had a catastrophe, ran out of coffee, but luckily for you all, I did find some Scottish breakfast tea with lots of caffeine, so I was able to get some energy and pumped up into the podcast, but could have been bad for you all without any coffee to start the recording session for the day. Sometimes I think about flipping the podcast and recording it at night instead of in the morning, and then we could see what happens after a couple of glasses of scotch when you actually record the podcast, but we'll save that for a different day. I recently heard somebody say, don't shoot the messenger. I don't know if it was on a TV show or if I was just at the grocery store, but I just heard that phrase. And I didn't want to talk about that particular phrase, but it did make me remember something that I hear sometimes from photographers who talk about how people just don't get their photographs. And so I wanted to talk this week about, in the podcast, about the idea of don't blaming the reader except for one time. So by reader, I mean viewer. So when somebody looks at your photographs, don't necessarily blame them when they don't get the photograph. Don't blame them when they don't understand it. Like I said, I do have a caveat there. I think one of the reasons this comes up where we want to blame the viewer of the photograph is, and, and you hear this from photographers because they say things like, uh, I'm really frustrated because people just don't get my work. They don't understand what it's about. Or I have people look at my work and they just don't see how important it is. It's so important and it's so meaningful, but they just don't connect with it at all. Or the other one I hear a lot of times is, well, they can't see what I can see when I look at the photograph. I see something completely different. And I hear that from photographers a lot. We've talked about that a lot, that a photograph itself doesn't contain any memory. The photographer does contain the memory, and so they wrap a bunch of story around that photograph that's not necessarily there for the viewer. So this notion of it's somehow on the viewer to dig deep and, and find and try to grasp some meaning in a photograph, I think is challenging for a lot of photographers because a lot of viewers at work won't do that. They won't spend the time with the images to try to peel back the layers of the onion. They won't try to dig deep and to find some spiritual or emotionally connected meaning that you think is obvious in the photograph. And so how do we come about rectifying that? How do we deal with that? Because we can just blow it off and we can keep doing what we're doing and continually get frustrated by people not quite getting our work and not seeing what we see. So how do we reconnect with that? Well, one, I think one of the most important ones is, do you even know what the image is about? So when you look at the photograph and remove your memory of your trip to the Taj Mahal or the fact that it's your own kid and it was their first time ever dressing up for Halloween, whatever it is, do you really know what the image is about? Can, can you definitively say what you were trying to do and say in the photograph in just a really brief, short summary? You know, Can you title it a meaningful title? Something crisp and clear that would help understand the photograph. I think that's part of one of the frustrations that viewers have of photographs is when the photograph is chaotic and crazy and the person can't land on really what the photograph's about. It becomes a challenge for the, for the reader and the viewer of that photo, photo, photograph. I think also the notion of clarity of purpose. An image could be simple or complex. It's not like we have to dumb down the photography we take. As a matter of fact, I think the more sophisticated the photograph, the more complex the photograph is on a visual statement and on an emotional statement and on a psychological and spiritual statement, the more information there is there for somebody to unpack and, and work through. So I think it's important to have that, but the clarity of what we're attempting to do with that, are we attempting on purpose to be simple? Are we attempting to be complex? And knowing what we're attempting to create within the photograph, I think is important. I think it's also important that, did you leave a set of dots, a connect the dots or a trail sort of similar to Hansel and Gretel, because I think sometimes we make photographs, and particularly in a series of work, 
we're, we're laying out a narrative. We're laying out some sense of story or purpose or dialogue that we want to have happen. And if we make too big a leap, it becomes too challenging for the viewer to understand what's actually happening. So we make these pretty big leaps between photographs, expecting the viewer to just naturally follow along when we haven't provided any supporting or connective material. That's why sequencing is so important in the editing process, is it helps us make sure that we're not taking too big a leap, that we continue to move forward in the narrative, but we don't make these massive, huge leaps that people can't follow. So I think that notion of connecting the dots is important when we look at the photograph. The same thing on an individual photograph. I think, did you leave enough information on the photograph for the person to actually be able to experience the image? Or was it something that they just were able to turn away from and not really process and, and develop into? And part of this is absolutely diminished by the fact that our social media structure is a yes or no answer. Because really most photographs, it depends. It depends on our own mood. You can revisit the same photograph 10 different times in your life and have 10 different experiences. So. Part of that is making sure that we have that information there so that somebody, when they do return to the photograph or look at the photograph for the first time, can start to figure out kind of where they might go in their own narrative when looking at the photograph. The last kind of piece around how we make sure we don't get stuck in this loop of blaming the, the reader for not getting us as a photographer is we have to shoot from our own experiences. I see a lot of photographers come through my classes and my workshops who want to do the next big thing and want to be the next big thing. And really, that's not who they are. And you oftentimes don't get to decide if you're doing the next big thing. The next big thing sometimes turns out to be nothing. So we have to shoot from our own experiences. We can't anticipate what's going to be. We only know the culmination of who we are today as we take steps to improve and grow and develop. But we shoot from our experience, no matter what that is. For some people that might be putting out something really difficult and challenging, like Diane Arbus, who put her psychological struggles right there on the film for us to explore. Or maybe it's somebody who's out photographing today and discussing how it is for them to be a African-American or black person in America with the diff difficulties of race tension. Or maybe you're an environmentalist and you're really struggling to tell the story of how the environment's changed where you've lived your whole life. As long as you're shooting from what your experience is, this is where I don't think we get to blame the reader because what happens sometimes with a reader is they will look at a photograph and what the feedback you'll hear, and this is where the feedback is different, so I wanted to talk about it, is you'll hear things like, I wouldn't have shot that that way. I would have done this. Well, that's from their experience, not from yours. And when somebody says that, in many ways, I feel like that diminishes the voice of the photographer because what it's saying is the photographer's voice and experience didn't matter. And I think that's a real detriment because one of the most important things is that photography and art allows us to create shared experiences. It allows us to see the world in unique and different ways. So diminishing that by saying what you would have done, I think is a disservice to the photographer. And I think it's where we can blame the reader for not really paying attention to the photograph. Now, in that context, as a photo educator and as a person who's helped people make better photographs, that's always a challenging question. And when somebody comes up, what they'll ask is, you know, what can I do to make this photograph better? I always like to start that conversation off with, well, what are you trying to say? What's interesting? Or here's what I find distracting in the photograph that's preventing me from seeing what you describe in the photograph. So it's not that I want to make the photograph my own. I want to help enhance the narrative they have. So as you're critiquing work, remember that. Remember that it's always about helping somebody else create work that's meaningful to them. And sometimes that might be like, this is just a photograph that's not telling the story that you think it is, we need to go reshoot or find something different. It's not that you can't give 
honest feedback that sometimes a photograph just isn't working. But you want to make sure that avoiding the narrative back to your own. I think also that I've heard people say, well, that didn't happen. That has to be made up, Photoshop, changed. And I think that's also a disservice for somebody. It doesn't really matter how we got to the photograph. It's how do we visualize and experience the contents of the frame. When we look at those, how do we sense and feel about that content? Not, is it imaginary, is it made up? Because there's a thousand ways to tell a different story. There's a thousand ways to represent what you think happened in the world. And you happen to be at this moment based on your experiences telling that one story. So when somebody says that it didn't happen or it was made up or that it's, that, to me, that's just a huge disservice we give to the photographer. And it's a way of making sure that we don't allow the photographer to actually continue to develop and evolve who they are as the speaker. And it's challenging because that comes from a number of different ways. It might be that maybe you're a landscape, a traditional landscape photographer right now trying to find a place for your work and the competition's so high. And what you hear is, well, that work just looks like everybody else's. You know, if I were you, I would do something completely different with my interpretation of the landscape. I would be photographing this and that and doing this and trying composites. I would do all this stuff and that's not who you are. And so it's hard to own that space. It's hard to stand in that space. But if you can remember that a lot of what you're creating is about helping you better understand your own life and experience in it. And I think as photographers and as other creators, the space where we can help photographers is by accepting the work they have as who they are. And in that acceptance of that work, I think we get a huge leg up, a huge step up in defining what's important about the community of photography as the consumers of the medium. We get out of this loop of, what is important and not important and really get to see what the experience is like. So, you know, I started this by saying we can't blame the reader for our work. And I, I believe that's true in, like I said, nearly all cases. I think we have to make sure that we get clarity of purpose and understanding of what we're trying to do in the photograph. And at the same time, when we consume photographs, when we read photographs, when we view photographs, we have to make sure that we don't inadvertently make that photograph all about us and what we would have done with that narrative because that does a huge disservice to basically wash over the intention and purpose, experience and feelings and emotions of somebody else. So remember when you're looking at work and when you're talking about work, that while you may think you have done the photograph differently, because you absolutely would have, it's why two photograph photographers make two different photographs, but really celebrate and appreciate what's going on in these different photographs. So if you've got a chance and you're not understanding something in somebody's photograph, ask them what it's about and find out, is it really about their own understanding of the work, or is it about your own understanding of what you're seeing, that maybe there's a chance for you to learn from the photograph? So one way or the other, somebody's gonna come out of that conversation learning something. The photographer's gonna learn a better way to describe their work, or maybe what they need to do the next time they go out to photograph to get closer to the vision they imagine, or maybe you as a viewer is gonna learn something about the world you didn't know before, which is exactly why we wanna be looking at art and looking at all sorts of creative endeavors because it gives us that deeper insight and meaning. I hope you have a wonderful week behind the camera. Don't forget to keep everybody safe and sound out there. Wear your mask. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I know there's a million of them out there, so taking 10, 15 minutes out of your week to spend it with me, I really do appreciate it. Don't forget, I have a, I have a couple of workshops. I have a developing image workshop and a advanced workshop. The advanced one is almost full. I've got one person who's... Um, about to sign up, so there's one spot there. So if you want to be, take that workshop, you can race in on that. The developing image is filling quickly. So if you're interested in either one of those workshops, you can hit my website, danieljgregory.com, and you can check out the under the teaching and workshop section. You'll find both of those, and you can register if you're one of those, or just feel free to shoot me an email if you have any questions. 
Thanks again for listening. Hope to see you next time, and I'll talk to you soon.